0: Welcome back to Talk Green to Me. I'm Nasreen, and this is
1: Manali. What's cooking, good looking? Thanks, but uh, don't make it weird. Oh, right. Sorry, but seriously, it smells really good. What are you making? I'm making some fancy fried rice. Mmm, and I see you're using a fancy pan.
0: Yeah, I've got my nonstick Teflon pan. It means all my food comes right off without getting, um, you know, stuck.
1: Hmm, Teflon. That's a plastic that nothing sticks to. I wonder how you recycle that stuff. Let's find out together. Perfect. So this is episode 11, Teflon. What a non-sticky situation. So, Nasreen, what's a Teflon anyway? Teflon
0: is another name for polytetrafluoroethylene. Bet you
1: can't say that five times fast.
0: Polytetrafluoroethylene,
1: polytetrafluoroethylene, polytetrafluor, no. That was a valiant effort, but I still don't really know what Teflon is.
0: So the poly means it's a polymer, and the fluoro means it contains fluorine. Teflon is a fluoropolymer.
1: Fluorine. If I remember correctly from chemistry class, that's a very electronegative element, which means it has a really high affinity or attraction to electrons.
0: Yes, and fluoropolymers have lots of carbon-fluorine bonds, which are super strong because of this attraction.
1: And this strong attraction makes fluoropolymers very non-reactive and non-sticky to oils, waters, and lots of other liquids. Yep,
0: and therefore ideal for the
1: food industry and many more applications. Also, the fluorine atom forms a protective cover over the polymer chain.
0: That's right, and this shields it from any harsh chemicals.
1: Does that make it super strong?
0: It's very chemically strong. As in, it can basically withstand any harsh acids or solvents and doesn't react.
1: And this non-reactiveness means that all the chemicals will just glide right over. That's right. Teflon is super slick. In fact, it's
0: basically the only thing slicker than ice. Well, that and my sweet style.
1: Wow. Now he's making it weird.
0: Right. um, Anyway, so Teflon has been around for almost 100 years. It was discovered in 1938 completely by accident.
1: Like a boom explosion accident?
0: (laughs) No, not like a boom explosion accident. Um, The smart chemist named Roy Plunkett worked for a company called DuPont and was trying to make a new type of refrigerant, but instead made Teflon. Wait,
1: he turned a refrigerator into Teflon?
0: No, a refrigerant. It's basically a liquid that absorbs heat and helps cool things down.
1: Oh, so there's a refrigerant in my refrigerator.
0: Yep, and where Plunkett was trying to make a better version of this, but instead he did some fancy science stuff, and the pressurized gas in his experiment turned into this super slippery white waxy material.
1: And so this was Teflon?
0: Well, this was polytetrafluoroethylene, or PTFE. And DuPont later registered
1: this material under the trademark name, Teflon. Okay, so you've told me that PTFE is super slippery, but do you know exactly how slippery it is? Can you guess what will happen if you throw a gecko at a Teflon pan? Wait, why are we throwing geckos? Don't burn their feet on a hot pan! Geckos are super sticky. Their feet have all these tiny hairs that basically stick to everything. They can even climb upside down on walls. Okay, but that still doesn't justify you throwing a gecko, you monster. Okay, okay, I won't throw geckos. Can you guess what would happen if a gecko walked on a very cold, (laughs) non-hot Teflon pan? Would it slip inside? Exactly. It's like a gecko on ice. Basically the makings of a gecko commercial.
0: I would watch that. Anyway, this slippery property makes it a particularly useful material for non-stick pants and waterproof jackets.
1: Whoa, jackets? What else can you make with PTFE?
0: You can find it in carpeting, food packaging, and even space. Anything that needs to be non-stick, PTFE
1: can do. Don't these other applications need other properties beyond just non-sticky?
0: Yep, and since it's so inert, Teflon has high temperature and corrosion resistance too. This means it can be used for
1: robust spacesuits and industrial piping. Okay, but hold on. You said that Teflon was made by accident. How is there so much of this accident that we are making entire spacesuits?
0: Initially, yes, PTFE was discovered by accident, but since then, scientists have found a way to make PTFE in the industry. It involves a polymerization process.
1: Polymerization is a chemical process in which molecules combine into long strings. We talked about this in our very first episode, since this is how most plastics are made.
0: Yep, and for Teflon, this process includes a series of reactions and some very high temperatures, and then you eventually get powder or grains of PTFE.
1: So what molecules are we combining to get this stuff?
0: Basically, polymerizing PTFE includes attaching many individual units of TFE together.
1: TFV being tetrafluoroethylene.
0: You got it. And TFB is made from fluorospar, which is the mineral calcium fluoride, hydrofluoric acid, and chloroform.
1: And you just do a quick mix?
0: Well, yes. A little stir-stir, but under high heat, like 1100 and 1600 Fahrenheit. And you burn everything together to produce TFE gas.
1: And then you attach the different gas molecules together.
0: You have to cool the gas down to liquid, and then you start the polymerization process.
1: Do you need to add anything else?
0: You'll have to add some initiators to start the reaction, and some surfactants to keep everything stable. This is a lot of
1: chemicals. It sounds kind of unsafe.
0: It kind of is. Unfortunately, the amount of these chemicals is sometimes used in unsafe quantities for humans and the
1: environment. So which ones are the bad ones?
0: The bad ones include perfluorotanic acid, PFOA, and other similar substances. These are quite hazardous and have buildup in the environment and organisms.
1: Wait, I'm an organism?
0: Yes, yes you are. And these chemicals don't pass through human bodies. They get stuck inside, and the fluorine atoms in them are pretty toxic. They've been linked to cancer and birth defects.
1: Oh no, I'm never going to use teflon again.
0: Not so fast. There are some properties we just can't get except from this material. Like we said before, PTFE is incredibly hydrophobic, meaning water repels it. It just beads up and doesn't stick at all. It also is really heat resistant. We really don't have any other material that's safer that has the same properties.
1: Well, this is really unfortunate.
0: Also, PTFE polymerized by itself is not toxic. Once the Teflon is made, it's fine to use.
1: Oh, so it's the process that's dangerous.
0: Yes, and the fluorine compounds used in the process can get into drinking water or air, and these are what are dangerous.
1: So we should try and reduce making new PTFE as much as possible and try to recycle the stuff we already have. Yes.
0: We can't burn or landfill PTFE. When you burn it, it releases very toxic and corrosive gases like hydrofluoric acid, which will not only harm us, but is bad for the incinerating plant itself.
1: Oh yeah, hydrofluoric acid will eat right through metal. Nom, nom 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 nom. So how do we recycle PTFE?
0: There are two ways. The first way involves using gamma irradiation to ionize the PTFE. This means hitting the chains with high energy radiation, which breaks down the polymer and the material turns into a micropowder.
1: Whoa, does it also turn green and go smash? What? Like the Hulk. He got gamma irradiated.
0: Oh, um, no, not like that. Teflon is not a superhero. In fact, the recycled PTFE made via radiation loses a lot of its properties and becomes smaller and weaker and can't be used to remake large Teflon sheets for piping and other stuff.
1: Wait, so why do we want this? It can be turned
0: into lubricants and be put into things like printing inks, paints, and cosmetics.
1: So it could potentially be a green paint. Haha, Teflon is Hulk. I'm convinced. I'm also convinced. (laughs) The other
0: method just involves pulverizing PTFE scraps so that it becomes reusable and reprocessable.
1: And these can be used for
0: pipes and things like that. Yep, but you need high-pressure grinding to reprocess PTFE, which requires a lot of energy. Once it's ground up, it is then treated with acid and washed, and then you get something like virgin PTFE, which can be used to make many things.
1: What about contaminants?
0: Unfortunately, you don't get all the contaminants out, so reprocessed PTFE can't be used for other super high-purity applications, like those needed in electronics.
1: Okay, but recycling is still good. At least you can make pipes and paints out of the recycled stuff.
0: Exactly. And using the recycled material means you won't need the harsh, dangerous chemicals that are required during
1: synthesis. Close the loop, Nasreen!
0: That's the goal, Manali! And that's what companies like Shamrock Technologies and Ripulon are doing. In fact, by recycling and using 1 kilogram of recycled PTFE, they can reduce 10 kilograms of CO2 emissions.
1: That's a lot of reduction.
0: Yep, but due to the very precise conditions that are needed, not many companies are able to do
1: it. That's unfortunate, but I guess we should still try to recycle as much as possible, especially because making new PTFE is detrimental to health. Super detrimental.
0: In fact, the companies that made PTFE, like 3M and DuPont, knew about the health risks but kept them hidden for a while.
1: Oh yeah, there's that whole movie about it called Dark Waters. Didn't some guy sue DuPont over this?
0: Yeah, Robert Billet sued DuPont and found that their plant was affecting the health of people who live nearby and all of their cattle. Oh no, not the Moo's! <laughs> Poor cows. DuPont was dumping a bunch of the fluorinated chemicals into a landfill, which affected all the town water and caused a whole lot of cows to die.
1: That's terrible. Did DuPont have to pay up for all the health problems?
0: Yes, they ultimately lost the court case. However, since there's no good way to get rid of these fluorochemicals, most companies still end up disposing them in a similar way through waterways.
1: Wait, am I drinking PFOAs right now?
0: Yeah, probably. But thankfully, there are lots of government regulations on the amount of these that can be discharged,
1: so it's not as bad. Well, this can't be good in the long run. We should still try to find ways to reduce our use of PTFE.
0: I agree. We're scientists, and this isn't even rocket science. We can definitely help out.
1: Wait, it kind of is. Didn't you say there was PTFE in spacesuits?
0: Oh yeah, this IS rocket science. So what can we do? First, we can start by coming up with better, more sensitive test methods to identify the dangerous chemicals.
1: That's difficult because part of the issue with regulating the compounds to make PTFE is that there are so many different variations of them that it's really hard to test for all the different kinds. The testing is actually really tricky and needs very expensive equipment and
0: precise standards to compare to.
1: Which is, again, hard because of all the different variations of fluoropolymers.
0: Even better than improved testing would be to get technology that disposes of these compounds or filters them out of water systems before they get into drinkable water supplies.
1: Granular activated carbon and reverse osmosis systems can help to reduce the level of perfluorochemicals in the water.
0: That would be better, but best of all would be finding some alternative materials that could provide some of the properties of Teflon, like repelling water.
1: How do you do that? What are some examples?
0: Well, there are nanostructured materials that work just like lotus leaves. Lotus leaves are amazing at repelling water. If you look at a lotus leaf under a high-powered microscope, you see that the surface is
1: actually covered in small cones. Water sits on top of these cones instead. That's just like duck feathers. Those quackers are always ahead of the game. They are masters of the land, air, and water. They are, but enough of your love of ducks. Rude. But anyway, when water is on duck feathers, it almost looks like when a magician lies down on a bed of nails. The water droplet acts like a solid blob that sits at the top of the needles and won't go in between. If we can make these structured materials, water will
0: not stick or absorb onto a surface. However, there are still some applications for fluorinated polymers such as fire-resistant plastics for use in airplanes and satellites that would be really hard to replace.
1: We can still try. I think I'm going to go try and catch a duck to cook on its feathers.
0: No, don't do that. Manali's personal choices do not reflect the views of Talk Green to Me podcast, specifically on ducks.
1: I feel a lack of support here.
0: Okay, well, we should get to work on all of those technologies, but what can our listeners do to avoid unnecessary fluorinated polymers? The answer is not cook on duck feathers.
1: Fine. Well, I guess they can look at the ingredients in their cosmetics and avoid the ones with fluoropolymers. The same goes for fabrics. In cosmetics and shampoos, look
0: for ingredients like PTFE, trifluoroacetyl tripeptide 2, polyperifluoromethyl isopropyl ether, Um just
1: anything that has the word fluoro in it really... And some fabric examples are Gore-Tex shoes and Scotchgard carpets. I mean, do you really need that much water resistance in your carpets?
0: Probably not. PFAs are also found in packaging of things like microwave popcorn bags.
1: I can't give up my popcorn. Just buy the real
0: stuff and add your own butter.
1: Oh. Well, I guess that does sound better.
0: You can also switch from cooking on Teflon pans to copper-bottom stuff or cast iron pans. Cast iron is a natural, non-stick surface, so you get good results.
1: Okay, that seems like a much more reasonable answer than cooking on a duck feather. I'm off to try these things now. Okay, invite me for a good dinner once you're done cooking, please. Okay. This episode was written by Aditi Kirbat, Manali Banerjee, and Nasreen Khan. It was edited by Manali Banerjee and Nisreen Khan and also produced by Manali Banerjee and Nishreen Khan. Our
0: guest writer for this episode was Aditi. Aditi is currently a PhD student at Georgia Tech. Her research focuses on using plastics to harvest solar energy. Her favorite
1: material on Earth is PBDF, which is another fluoropolymer. Music was from Sassy Boy Records. If you have any questions, you can contact us at talkgreentomepodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at tgtmpodcast.